SheQuest podcast is heart-opening dialogues for self-identify women on a SheQuest, a movement moving forward, striving to live aware, bold, and whole. Welcome. Hi, SheQuest. Welcome to SheQuest podcast guest series. I'm your host, Estelle Thompson. This series of podcast shows is titled Fire as Powerful Agent of Self-Transformation and as per our membership guide, The Durga Initiation. This month, we explore and dive deep in the world of our inner strength, inner warrior slash mother, and ultimate compassion. And for me, that means going beyond seeing our bodies as just robots going on about our life, well, life less, and instead seeing the big full spectrum picture on ways we can ferociously transform into our utmost sparkly and radiant self. And perhaps most importantly, seeing one's life with an ultimate compassion lens. My hope is this, that through these podcasts and our guests this month, you start tapping into the primordial fire and all the fire keepers, past, present, and future, and start seeing the necessity of your heart and body as a sort of fire pit that burns limiting beliefs and demons. So in that way, you can transcend whatever comes at you with inner strength, courage, and ferocity. This month in my solo show, I speak of my own Durga initiation, times when I've crawled on my knees and was scooped up again by, the, by fiery grace. Uh, we talk about who is Goddess Durga and how our fire can help you empower your most radical aspirations and guide you through your most conflict-ridden life. Let's do this, Durgas. Today, I- I'm so thrilled to have embodied Durga Becky who's on the show. And I have a quick bio here for Becky. By the time she was in her 30s, Becky had everything she thought she'd always wanted, husband and two kids, the big corporate job, the nice house next to the ocean. She'd sailed around the world and worked as an advisor to big oil and gas companies and started two highly successful companies. From the outside looking in, she had it all. But from the inside looking out, something big felt off. She knew she needed a change, but there was a long list of reasons why she couldn't change. At that point, she had almost 20 years in the industry. What would people think? What would I do next? How would I make money? Who was I without my career to define me? And then one cool September day, her daughter was seven years old and They were both involved in a super close call near fatal car accident. That day, she witnessed death. And in that moment of clarity, backsore, she would never do work that wasn't deeply connected with who she was. She invested in coaching and tapped into the part of her that is deeply alive, wildly creative, and a badass businesswoman who knows how to make money with soul. Since then, she's worked with hundreds of women and counting, helping them build businesses in a way that's 100% aligned with who they are. Beck believes that if you have a gift to share, you can make money doing what you absolutely adore. On a personal note, I met Beck through IG, surprise, surprise, and eventually through our mutual interest, through events and classes. We've done powerful Facebook Live together, and she's a tremendous support of my art and has a big few 
cherished piece of art in her beautiful home in Seaforth. Thank you, Beck, for being on the show. <laughs> ah, so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. So here at SheQuest, we always start with the question, what makes you feel alive today? So what makes you feel alive? Oh, you know what makes me feel alive today? Well, first of all, hearing you read that bio, I was <laughs> Yes. I was like, right. That is quite a story. And this, honestly, this morning when I, when I walked out the door to walk my son Jack to school, there was this like little glimmer of the sun in between the line of the ocean and where the clouds are. And it was just this glow. And I, I honestly watch that every morning and I'm like, <gasps> like that gives me that feeling of aliveness that I just seek to, to live by. I love that. I feel yeah. I feel a lot of my alive moments like seem to include my kids. <laughs> totally. But before we dive deep in our subject, really is as like fire as you know, powerful agent of transformation. I I just want us to talk to us. I know I read your bio and everything, but just like who you are professionally, personally, your cultural upbringing, and like how you got where you got today, like helping women really like slash limiting beliefs and uh, yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. And it's really interesting because as, as I was listening to you read my bio, I, I wrote two things down. And one was, you know, all the, all the reasons why I couldn't change. Yeah. You know, who would I be without that job? How will I make money? And so one of the reasons I do what I do today and I'm, I'm able to help other women with that is because I had to go through it. I had to live it really firsthand that feeling of stuckness, that feeling that I can't escape from this life I created. And just like you read, I had all those things that I wanted, but there was just this part of me that felt off, that felt like something was missing. And I I think a lot of women resonate with this feeling of like, I want more, or I want to be more, or there must be more, or please, Lord, let there be more to this life. And what I've allowed myself to experience to that point. So um, in terms of my upbringing, I mean, I, well, I grew up here in Nova Scotia, in beautiful Nova Scotia, and uh, you know, I have a brother and a sister, and we were always encouraged to do really whatever we wanted and anything we wanted. Um, but because both of our my parents, they were both scientists, uh, there was just this like pervasive belief system that I had to like be something important. And I associated that with, you know, like doctor, lawyer, geologist, kind of those more traditional positions. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because even though my mom, she ended up after my brother, her third child was born, she quit to stay at home and to write and to be an author and to be a mother. And she left her job, but it's like, I couldn't even see that. I saw my dad going to work. I saw him bring home the money. So it was sort of this belief that I inherited. And I think that's the really interesting thing about beliefs. And we can get into that in a bit is we really do inherit them unconsciously. And we don't know that we have them until we're in this place where we want to change something. And we're like, damn it, I can't change because I'm coming up against all these you know, these beliefs that I really do believe to be true. You really think they're true about yourself. But if you can start to unpack them, which is exactly what happened for me after that car accident, 
was I went home that night. And, and one thing that's not in that story is, yes, I witnessed death and, and a woman was killed on impact in that car accident. But I also experienced a level of like divinity and connection to God that day that I had not experienced before. And so in the same way that like I witnessed this horrific, tragic accident and was like brought to my knees type event, I also felt within me and I, and I connected. So my, my father passed away when I was 12 and I, that day of the car accident, I connected with him. Like I felt him inside of my body. I felt him in the atmosphere, in the universe. And I was like, oh my God, there's so much more to this life than I have given credit for. And it was that line in the sand where I couldn't, I couldn't turn back. I couldn't walk away. I, or I could walk away. I should say I could walk away from everything that I thought to be true about myself. And I was free to then start writing like the next chapter of my life, which that's where I'm living now is in this coaching space and, and working with women. But man, I had to unravel and unpack a lot about myself in order to do that. I, I can't believe I chose you for this month because this is, I'm almost like as, as I'm listening to you and you have such a gift. We've talked about this before, but you have such a gift and you're such a storyteller to um, to put us right back to mm. where you were. And um, and two things that kind of really resonates when you said you talked about the beliefs, how and you know this from my writing because the first summer, remember the first summer I did She Quest, like you were one of our leaders, like supporting right. the group. And uh, one of the things I always say is like, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like your beliefs, like yeah. they're not your fault. Like, and I love how you say like, they were almost like given to you. you like, they were like inherited and not just in like the outside, like it's almost like through generation, yeah. you know, and like, how can we have like enough fire and like, yeah, like moments, like, like for me, your car accident is like your Durga initiation, like yeah. that moment where like you were brought to your knees and like, you know, and it was like this, like beyond almost like worldly, like experience that happened. And also after the fact, like, you know, you asking for help, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of women, like it's a big hurdle for women to like ask for help, you know? Yeah. 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 You, you know who, um, other than my husband, the, you know, the first person the, that I called after the car accident, she's, she's, um, I think she's been on your podcast, but it was Anne Barube. Ah, what did she say? <laughs> well, oh my gosh. She, she's been in a car accident. That's her. Yeah. She was in like a, like she was very badly injured in her car accident. Yeah. And so she just hooked me up with a support system, right? So yeah. by asking her for help and by asking for her support as like, and, and I reached out to her, uh, she was my coach at the time, but she was also like, I knew she'd been through kind of that, that experience, but she was able to direct me in what I would need over the coming months. Like what support would I need? How could I get myself through this? Because it was, you know, it was like a lot of trauma that I experienced afterwards, but she, she could also relate and resonate to that spiritual level and the soul level that, 
that was so new to me. Like that, that part of the experience was so, (laughs) so new to me. And that's her whole world, right? So do you think it's like during that moment that you started like really awakening to like your fire almost? I think, I mean, I think my mom would tell you that I was born with a lot of fire (laughs) (laughs) and I'm a Leo and I'm a number seven on the Enneagram. So we're very fiery people. I always knew, I always knew what I wanted and I was always really excited to go after after it. And I think when you have that fire in your belly, like, it's like you can feel it. It's a, it's an actual sensation in your body that you can feel and it propels you to move forward. But what I would say is that in my twenties, you know, I started to, it's like my fire started to get quieter. I started to shut my fire down because I saw these things that I wanted. So my background is in oil and gas and sailing and being on ships. And, you know, that takes a lot of fire, right? To be the only female working on a ship, to travel around the world. I left home when I was 18 to sail around the world on an 18-month voyage from Lunenburg all the way around, um, back to Lunenburg. And amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I was the youngest crew member on the ship. And I mean, that all that takes fire. But then I started to think that I needed to do these other things, like get a corporate job. And I really wanted to get married and I wanted to have kids and I wanted to settle down and I wanted a home and I wanted like a stable place. But the more I did that, the more I started to buy into this idea, like that I had to go to work every day and I had to be this career mom, as well as this incredible mom at home. Like it was just like I started to pile up all these responsibilities on top of myself. So by the time that car accident happened, I would say I was not feeling my fire. My fire had had definitely shut down. And, and you know, part of that was was me. And then part of that is just the expectations, I think, that society has on women. And then we kind of, we just attach ourselves to it. And we're like, then we get in this situation and we're like, great, now how do I get out of this, you know? So Anne kind of gave you like a support system, which must have been such a gift. I'm super proud to have partnered with Hippie, a Canadian skincare company, and offering you 30% off all their products. I've been using Hippie Groovy Glow, Pore Hustler, and Jomo Mask, and I've completely fell in love with this not only natural clean, but sulfate-free, alcohol-free, and did I say Canadian product? Hippie's mission is to simplify your skincare routine and bring practical, effective solutions to your moody skin. Their belief is that feeling beautiful in your own skin is a right, not a privilege. Hippie's offering SheQuest podcast listener 30% off with the coupon SheQuest30. Go to www.hippies, that's H I pbees.com and claim your 30% off any product in their shop today. That's SheQuest30, S-H-E-Q-U-E-S-T-30. I'm really excited to bring this mindful and sustainable plant-based skincare in the SheQuest family. Enjoy glowing skin. Bye. When did you really start to work with women. I mean, you must have had to work on your own beliefs before you even, yeah. 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 It's like there was this period of time where I felt like I was just this seeker. And 
what's really interesting is that, you know, I, I had been in this very corporate male dominated world for quite some time. And I, then I stepped into this very spiritual world and I started going to like retreats and women's events. And I went to Kripalu and I studied with Anadea Judith, who is, um, she teaches chakras and like, she's, you know, chakra queen. And I went like full on spiritual mode and I was at retreats like every, you know, three to four months. And I would go to these retreats or these women's events and work with these, you know, spiritual teachers. And I'm sure I was taking yoga and I was completely exercising and exploring my feminine side, which had been so shut down. And then there came this point where I had to bring those two worlds together, like that very feminine, creative, soft, flowing, uh, nurturing energy with the more masculine kind of action taker. And so I went from like full on masculine mode to full on feminine mode to then bring those two things together. And I think in my business, that's where things work really well. When you can have these creative pursuits and ideas, um, And when I say creative, I don't just mean like writing or art. I mean, you know, coaching or building your own business, kind of that energy of creation and building a business is creation, right? It's, it's based off of these gifts that we have. So giving that time and space, but then the masculine is the energy that actually takes that out into the world and makes things happen. So eventually I brought those two things together. And now that's kind of how I I feel like I help women is like balancing those two different energies within them so they can do both. So they can be the creator that they are, but also so they can make money with that thing that they love to do. Mm, So good. So good. We always like get each other lit up about that conversation where it's like, everyone, it's the feminine that like... (laughs) that that, like actually like fires up the masculine like (laughs) and like it's so funny because like I feel our languages like I just love talking with you because like we really we really have the same language you Mm. know yeah I get it I totally get it (laughs) well and and for people who don't totally get it it's the conversation is you know you're in your masculine if you're super and hyper worried about the how If you're like, you have this great idea, you have a business idea, let's say, you don't give that idea a ton of time and you go right into the how and you're like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to launch this? What about the website? And you start getting like into the how you haven't given the feminine, the creator in you enough time and space to create the idea because then the how comes like the how becomes, it's more organic if you can give that feminine that space to create first. Ah, love that. Love that. Never seen it like that. The how it's a great way because the feminine like doesn't feminine just flows and holds. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Um, What if like somebody, you know, came up to you, Becky, and she was like, oh my God, I want to start slicing my limiting beliefs. I just, I guess I'm, she'd be working for masculine, but I just don't know how like how would you like let's say like complete like maybe somebody like how about we start with like what's a limiting belief and like just like really basic exercise to start really debunking and like unearthing like all that stuff can you lead us through that yeah and my favorite way is I mean my favorite way is in a group because 
you hear one woman's process and one woman's story and one woman start to unravel her belief systems. And it like, uh, what was the word you used in your intro? It was like extinguishes or, or something like it literally disintegrates not only hers, but yours as well. So this yes, is the mirroring that happens. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And sometimes you'll dissolve beliefs that you didn't even know you had about yourself by listening to other women inside of, inside of a conversation. So things like, I mean, number one is just bringing awareness to that's, that's step one of everything, right? Is bringing awareness to what are the beliefs that you are buying into, that you are attached to. And so I just get people to notice. And I say, make a list, start making a list of everything you believe to be true that is currently holding you back. So if I say that to someone, they're going to start saying things like, I can't charge that much money for my work. So there's a limiting belief. I can't charge that much money for my work. I'm not ready to launch my coaching business. I'm not ready. Another limiting belief. Uh, There's tons of limiting beliefs that are connected to like, I feel there's like general ones. And like, I love that you said this, Marion, because like, I get that too, just like in yoga, like just saying just a hurdle. And like, I just love hearing this like collective sigh of relief. Like everyone's like, oh, like me too. And it's like the release that happens when like somebody just voice or like, like, you know, like I find like common ones are like, I'm not enough, you know, or like I'm too much or um, like, why would people believe me? And like a lot of it, it's like, you know, Who who am I? And ego driven too, where like we've been literally thought to be like we are somebody because of what we are what we do where we live and it's like that's bullshit (laughs) like you're 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 powerful because you breathe you're alive you know to like bring it back it's just so oh so fundamental and I think both of our work even if you are wealth and abundance coach and I'm a yoga teacher and an artist like I think it's like fundamental do you do you see the parallels? Oh, 100%. One one of my um big be- limiting beliefs and I I have to circle back to it all the time yeah. is that if I want to make a lot of money, if I want to be wealthy, if I want to make more money than my husband, if I want to, you know, build a seven-figure business, it means I'm a greedy person. Or I'm greedy because I want that. I'm too much because I want that. Like, why would I even want that? And I, my head goes into this spin around that one. And I think a lot of women can relate to that is like, we've been potentially taught or shown that, you know, being rich is a bad thing or it's a a showy thing or, you know, for bossy women or for bitchy women or whatever it is. So that's, that's another limiting belief. So bringing, so st- we were talking about how to, how to, how to bust through them. One is like getting really aware of what your blocks actually are. Love it. Love that. Actually to just like piggyback on that, mine is kind of the same, but around that is that I need to hustle to make a lot of money. That's yeah. my limiting belief. And like, I'm really working through it like lately, whereas actually, no, I can still <laughs> no you know and sometimes like um do you know emily king she's my i mean you guys have the same language she's like you'd love her like and she has this great expression she's like let's say you'd be like 
like I need to, if I want a lot of money, it must be because I'm greedy and like, fuck it. No, (laughs) to just say like, fuck it. You know, that like, it's so fiery to say like, screw it. You know, like, no, I, it's not true. Or like, you know, who said anyways, you know? Yeah. That helps when you like kind of put that spice on it and be like, no. So what I like to do is unpack it a bit more. And then at the end, put the spice and put the playfulness and put that energy to it. And that's where you can flip the script. One thing I have found to be helpful for a lot of women is when, after you've identified that belief is to go back and see where did I inherit this belief? So given my upbringing, given my background, given given the society I live in, where could I have possibly learned that belief from? And when I ask people that, they immediately can see like, oh, well, my dad, he worked nine to five. And when he came home from supper, you know, he was, then he went on his computer at night and he had to work really, really hard to make his money. So all of a sudden you see that belief and then you get to question the belief. Is it yours? Like, do you, Estelle, honestly believe that you have to hustle to make money or is that a belief that somebody else gave to you? And when I use language like that with people, they're like, oh my God, that's not my belief. My That was my mom's or that was my dad's. And then they get to see, I don't have to believe that. Like, that's not my truth. I get to write a whole new script. I love it. I love it. It's so easy when you put it like that. Yeah. And then become such the like, oh my God, I get to write my own story, you know? Yeah. And I'll share one more thing because I think, you know, I would like kick myself if I didn't. So I'm a huge fan of Byron Katie and her work. And she has like a bunch of questions that she kind of leads people through. And I've, I've not worked with her. I've not done my pro- her programs, but it's on my list. But I take some of her questions and I ask them to myself. So like, do I know that belief to be 100% true? And then my quickest hack, which is the one I use on a daily basis, is I ask myself, who would I be without that thought? If I didn't believe that belief to be true, so if I didn't believe that I need to hustle to make a lot of money, if I didn't believe that it's greedy of me to want to be a seven-figure business owner, if I didn't believe that thought to be true, what else might I believe? And that's where I started to get playful. And I'm like, oh, hmm, well, I might believe that it's actually really easy to make excellent money. I might believe that I can run a business uh, off four hours a day and still make great money. Like I start, I play this, what I call a game with myself. I come up with all these other beliefs that could be true. They could be mine if I want them to be. And then I sit down, I'm like, okay, what do I choose? Which ones do I want to buy into that old belief or do I want to buy into this new one? And then I say, all right, what actions would I take from that place? If I believe that it was easy for me to make great money, or if I believe that I get to be a wealthy person plus live in complete integrity and be authentic and do my soul's work, if I believe that to be true, what actions would I take from that place? I write out my action list and then I go take action from that way more expansive and exciting place and way more empowering place as well. I love it. <laughs> do, you, do you do this through journaling mostly or? Yeah. I mean, I have a whole, like I have a whole 
workbook journal prompt that I do with my clients or at my retreats with people. But I'm so used to doing this that I just, I just ask myself and I'll, you know, the kid, when the kids leave and my husband is out the door, like I'll just play these games with myself in my head and I'll sort of just say it out loud. I'm like, all right, who would I be without that thought? What else could be true? And I just, I'm just silly with it, you know, and it just lightens it up. I, I, I mean, I love journaling. I love women in conversation. I have made a daily practice. Like some people do yoga. Some people meditate. Some people, I've made a daily practice of questioning my beliefs. So once a week I say, what is the belief I'm going to question this week? Yeah. And I pick the belief. And then that's the one I'm going to work through that week to see if I can like, you know, extinguish it. And one of my um, teachers She talks about how your beliefs and your blocks are not actually blocks. They're not actually what's stopping you. They are the literal gateway or doorway to your next level. And if you as an entrepreneur or as a career woman or whatever it is that you do, if you can see what your limiting beliefs are as the doorway to the next place, then you have the friggin' roadmap that you need to follow. It's like, I picture these doors. I picture these doorways that I need to enter. And I'm like, yes, I get to go through that door today. I get to question that belief. And as soon as I question it, that door is going to crack open and I'm going to get to walk through and go to the next place. Like, it's like a little adventure. So good. It's a she quest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love it. Okay. So let's recap for the listeners. Like, so uh, first, it's awareness. Yeah. And then second is, you know, list list of your limiting beliefs. Would you just work on one at a time or? Yeah. So make yeah. your whole big brain dump list and then pick one to work through. And sometimes you'll start with one and it'll change halfway through it. So go to the new one. If it shifts while you're working on it, you just go right to the new one. And then write your new story from that expansive place. Figure out where it came from. Where did yeah. you inherit that belief? Right. Then question the belief. Like, is it actually true? Is that belief true? Is something else? Could something else have been true? Another one that I skipped is, is where do you feel it in your body? So just becoming aware of the location that it's living. Like, is it in your chest? Is it in your belly? Is it in your pelvis? Where does it live? Because then you can bring awareness to that area of your body so that it can shift. Yeah. And then, and then getting playful and then coming up with some more expansive beliefs and then deciding if you want to go and, and buy into those new beliefs. Oh, I love it. And then just one last thing before we veer a little bit, but like you've talked earlier how we have, I mean, I see almost like working with limiting beliefs is almost like a muscle in a way, totally. but like you said, like, I feel that way too. Like there's some that are so uh, like limiting beliefs, like the same one that shows up like over and over again. And when I think I'm like over it, I like something else happened to be like, ah, I'm not over it. Like, uh, do you find that too? Oh, 100%. It's like, it shows up in a different layer. And that's, I think people think like, okay, great. I'm going to get to this one place. Like the women are like, that I work with, they're like, okay, I want to get to six figures. Right. Then they get to six figures and they're like, oh, wow, I want to get to multiple six figures. And every time they're going to have to work through these new levels, these new layers, because 
the belief just shifts, it changes, it morphs. They're actually very sneaky. So it's a total lifelong practice. Like it's, which is why I think it's really important, just like you said, to have that muscle and to practice that muscle. Because for me, like now I don't have to go through a whole five to 10 page workbook to bust through my blocks. I can, I can just become aware of them, right? Flip the script, get playful, and then switch it in the moment. Yeah. And it's, it's a relief to know, like, you know, they, they evolve, like, you know, the feelings evolve, even though like they never like, I mean, do you believe you can completely let go of your limiting beliefs? Oh my gosh. I think you can, I think you can completely shift your limiting beliefs, but I do think that you will always come up against new ones I'm sure there are some extremely spiritual and like woke people in the world who who don't have limiting beliefs. Um, I don't think that's a place I will ever be in. And too, it's kind of like what Elizabeth Gilbert says, you know, I mean, limited beliefs are grounded in fear, you know, and it's basis. And it's like, you know, that part in the big magic book where she's like, fear, you take, you take the back I'm going to be driving the car. Like, (laughs) and I feel that's what I say too, to my students. Like it's because I like, unless you're like a complete, like enlightened being like Buddha or like, I, I don't think like you, like you shift, you know, I don't think, I think your fear always just kind of like, I used to be a smoker and I, I still want to smoke sometimes. (laughs) Too girl. (laughs) But you know what I mean? But it's like, I don't act on it. Like, Well, and, and what I say to my people is if you, I I think I did an IG post about this the other day. Like if you want to change something, if you want to do something you haven't done before, if you want to do something that wasn't modeled for you, you will come up against your fear. You will come up against your limiting beliefs. So I think like if your limiting beliefs disappear, it means you're not changing. It means you're not growing. It means you're not up-leveling possibly, you know? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Like, thank you for sharing all this with us. This is gold. Like, for me, this Uh, is gold. It's the only way. I mean, it's the only way we can just transform. Like, this for me, it's like complete Durga, like, you know, fire, like self-transformation. And it's like, and nobody can do it for us, you know? Yes. Nobody (laughs) can do it as much as we wish. No. I know. And that's why I say self-transformation like that, that, that stuff, nobody can do it for you. So um, I just want to shift gears and I I just get so empowered by like, you know, other women's like soul rituals. And yeah. um, I want to know, like, do you have like a daily soul practice, like something like, why is it, is it important for you to have a relationship to your soul? Cause I know you, you speak about like money has a soul and you know, how can, yeah. How can you like nurture even that, that relationship? I know, sorry, it's a loaded question, but <laughs> yeah. I guess first, like, do you have soul rituals? Oh my gosh. I, for sure I do. And they varied depending on like what's happening in my life and what's happening in my day to day. But you know, like breath work and meditation, um, right now I'm really working on my breath and I feel like I've been working on this, you know, I don't know for like almost 10 years, but breathing into my belly because, um, to feel that expansiveness, like I realized how much I breathe into my chest and 
when you breathe into your belly, it's like you're sending that oxygen and that fuel to your lower chakras, to the lower part of your body. Um, I think it's Anne who says something like, you know, where spirit, what does she say? Where's where spirit touches your body or spirit touches your soul or something is like at the base of your spine. And so I will, in the morning I wake up and I just practice five minutes of deep breathing, like slowing it down, feeling the expansiveness inside of my body, feeling that expansiveness inside of my cells. And I, I also feel that, that sense of abundance, like, and when I say abundance, it's like light, God, the divine universe, the sensation of gold or or yellow or flow pouring into all of my cells, like down through my core, expanding into the cells of my body. And I breathe until I can feel that. And I'm Estelle, like I'm so passionate about that because it it lights me up, like it wakes my body up, that breath. Don't you say something like breath is life or something? Uh, well, uh, breath is your power. <laughs> there you go. Breath is your power. And and then becoming aware of like what is happening inside my body. So breathing, I will ask myself how I'm doing. When I wake up in the morning, I swear to God, I say, all right, Beck, how you doing today? Like, seriously, how are you? And I check in with me and with what's up with me. Um, cause maybe nobody else is going to ask me that during the day, yeah. uh, movement for sure. You know, whether to walk on the beach or run, uh, I used to practice yoga, but I can honestly say it's been a couple years at this point. And then the other thing I really like to do is right before I go to bed at night, uh, and this, I think Wayne Dyer is the one who talks about this. So he taught, well, I'm sure more than one spiritual teacher talks about this, but really becoming aware of what your thoughts are right before you go to bed. So when we're sleeping, we're in that more unconscious, you know, there's fancy words for it, but I don't know what they are, but that like that level where our brain starts to operate on whatever the programs are. So I will go to bed very consciously aware of my thoughts and I will do meditations or mantras or something to help my brain stay in that positive, abundant, um, kind of divine state all night long until I wake up in the morning. And it's not always easy because sometimes there's stress or there's stuff with the kids or whatever it is. But the more you can send your positive thoughts right before you go to sleep, I think that's really important for the rewiring process of your brain. I love it. It's so good. So Mm. good. This is like so many ways in there that you just mentioned to truly feel empowered and and embodied, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think you can be aware of your limiting beliefs if you're not in your body. <laughs> so true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the last little bit, I have little like kind of rapid fire que- um, questions. Are you ready? Girl, I am ready. <laughs> okay. Do you have, and I know I go through seasons of that, but do you have a favorite mantra? Yes. Okay. They're usually about money for me. Um, My favorite right now is it's safe for me to be wildly profitable. Yes. (laughs) It's so safe for me to be wildly profitable. Yes. And how, do you work? Do you put them on a piece of paper or how do you work with your mantras? Just uh, Yep. I put them on a sticky note and I put yeah. them on my computer or next to my bed or both. Nice. All right. 
Uh, how about a favorite flower? Oh my gosh. Um, okay, if we were in Hawaii, I love hibiscus. I love that gorgeous Hawaiian scent. And if we are here in Nova Scotia, lilacs for sure. Ooh. All right. How about a favorite book you've ever read about limiting beliefs? So this is a good one because I think I should probably write a book about limiting beliefs. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really think about this one. And I don't think I've read one book that's solidly on beliefs, but Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figure Outable. One of the very early chapters is all about um, busting your limiting beliefs. So if I had to recommend one, it would be that. I mean, it's an incredible book all around. Like every person who works with me has to read that book. Nice. I I, I love, I listened to um, her Super Soul podcast. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, I, I haven't read her book, but her podcast, like if uh, the listeners want to get a little taste, um, yeah. is really, really nice. But now that you recommended the book, I am going to have to read it too, it seems. <laughs> yeah, th- that one's a really good one. And the other one is anything by Denise Duffield Thomas for Money Blocks and Money Mindset. Um, get Rich, Lucky Bitch and Chillpreneur are her two latest. And those are both incredible books. Amazing. I will have to put those in the show notes. So I'll be in touch with you after for that. So make sure everyone knows those. Um, How about a favorite podcast? Are you a podcast listener? I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. But when I do, I listen to Amy Porterfield's podcast, which is all about online marketing, building your email list, pretty business focused, but she's so good at what she does. So if I had to pick, I'm going to listen to hers. Yeah, she really is. I love her too. Um, Okay. The last one is kind of a fun one. It's just, uh, do you have like a favorite treat where it could be like an activity or, or food? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Favorite treat. Well, like food is chocolate, but treat would be like, I love going to the spa with a girlfriend or, you know, just that deep relaxation place. I love. Didn't I see on your stories, your horseback riding now too? Yeah, girl. I just started horseback riding this summer. I'm 41 years old and I just started horseback riding and I am hashtag obsessed. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it because I think you're a bit afraid of it, aren't you? I was, my whole life, I was terrified. Anytime I've ever gotten on a horse, I was bucked off. And even this time, so in the fall, I actually got bucked off and I had a really bad concussion. I was out for quite a while and I'm still horseback riding. I got right back on, not the same horse. I got back on a a gentler horse, (laughs) but yeah, I, and it's really done. Not that I suffer from lack of confidence as it is, but it's done a lot for my confidence and for facing fears and for also just feeling that power in my body. And there is something, Estelle, between a horse and a rider that is, it is out of this world. Like they're incredibly spiritual creatures and it's, yeah, it's really magical. Talk about a slicing limiting beliefs right there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey there, interrupting this incredibly heart-opening conversation to let you know about my new art channel. If you are listening to this podcast as a SheQuest member, this feature is included in the Membership Sisterhood community. Yay! More than eight 21 days of mindful art classes and 
curated topics for each class, such as 21 Days of Birds and Butterfly, 21 Days of Women and Power, 21 Days of Love and Loss, Earth and Sky, and so on. This year, I'm running a year-long 112 Days of Painting Meditation, where I will upload nine paintings a month inspired by the Radiant Sutras, together inspired by mindful artists from all over the world, we paint thousand-year-old yogic principles and enter a gateway of wonder and awe. If you aren't part of the membership and would like to try the art channel and meet its community, this option is now available. Use the coupon SHEART, that's S-H-E-A-R-T, to get one month free and tell the women you know and love about this outstanding opportunity to develop a home art practice. SheQuest membership stores will open again soon, but until then, enjoy my art channel and say yes to creative living, yes to painting for joy, and yes to connection. Now back to our ever-expanding and electrifying conversation. I uh, I broke my leg surfing like oh. 10 years ago and like I've been terrified to like like I'll go out on the water and like on the board like once a year just to say like I've been it but I've never surfed again you know yeah maybe it's time for me to slash my <laughs> yes and you're, you're inspiring me to do that with your horsebacking stories oh yeah and like maybe do it like get a Get a beautiful female instructor. Like it doesn't have to, I mean, maybe your husband's a great teacher, but I learned surfing too. And I definitely did not initially learn it from my husband. Like that would have been a disaster. <laughs> totally. I know. I know my husband doesn't have time for, <laughs> if there's like any waves, like he'd be so frustrated to like right. try to teach me. <laughs> right. Because I know your husband surfs as well. It's a yeah. bit of a hashtag obsession. Oh, Yeah. It's their obsession, and you know what? I'm so it, it was actually a source of conflict before we had children, and then I realized like this is what makes him happy when he yeah. surfs. He is so happy and so engaged and so involved, and that is his soul food. And it is my job to give him that, like give him that space. The same, the same. I had that same realization, and also I was like, that's why I fell in love with him. Right. It's so hot in their wetsuits on their <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. Let's uh, have another podcast on like surf widows. But for now, I have one last question for you. It's a bit of a little bit one, but I have faith in you, Becky. Um, Bring knowing it. Knowing what you know about the power of fire as powerful agent of self-transformation, what do you wish women to know about its magic? Mm. Oh my gosh. Well, I just, I want them to know for starters, uh, it lives inside of them. Nobody else can give it to them. If they're looking for it on the outside, they're looking in the wrong place. And the magic is, it's like, I just really believe that you can be anybody or do anything and you can be you know, it's like you can take your life in so many different directions if you are tapped into your fire. So that first step is to get tapped in and to get connected to it. And, you know, that's it like lives, at least for me, it lives inside my gut, you know, in my third chakra. And 
Um, so going there on a regular basis and allowing it to move through your body is what mm. will fire you up and light you up. And oh, I, I just have to say this too. When we talked about mantras, the other one I say a lot, which is connected to fire, is like, it is safe for me to feel this good. And so when the sun's rising in the morning and I'm feeling that fire and I'm sensing into my body, I'm like, you know what? It is okay. Even if things are shitty and I had a hard day or things aren't good at home, like I'm allowed to feel this good inside of my body. And they, they coexist. So the feelings of darkness and the feelings of expansion are going to happen together. Ah, oh, so good. So good. You are gold, Becky Keen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what a queen. How can we support you? How can Where can we find you? Okay, come find me on Instagram, Beck underscore Keen. And you can also go to my website, which is beckykeen.com. I will say I'm currently doing a rebrand and I'm bringing gold into my brand. (laughs) So expect, you know, a web makeover in the next couple months. But um, I love connecting with people on IG just because it's really easy and it's fun and we can message back and forth. And yeah, that's a good place to go. Amazing. Well, just thank you so much for your time and sharing this like really wisdom. Like you're just so true, authentic. This is just so natural. I just always love to to talk with you. Thank you for like just beaming the stage here at Chico's podcast. I really, really appreciate your presence. Thank you you for asking me. And it's just, it's always an honor to be in your presence. And um, I love the work you are doing in this world. So sending you and your listeners, so much love and expansiveness. Yay! Love you. Bye. Bye. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.